In the great hall of the Justice League, there are assembled the world's four greatest heroes, created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Superman. Wonder Woman. Batman. Aquaman. And those three junior super friends, Wendy, Marvin, and Wonder Dog. Hello. Their mission to fight injustice, Coming to in right that which is wrong, and to serve yeah. all mankind. So uh, basically the idea that we've got here is uh, a lot of people say things on the internet. And uh, sometimes I think those things are uh, not just wrong. I mean, everyone's going to think something's wrong. But uh, I personally think a lot of times uh, it's there's a very, very loud voices that uh, dominate conversations. And um, and those voices are not necessarily reflective of of everybody, certainly. And uh, I think many times, certainly not even a, a majority. Um, that's why uh, I'm, I prefer to call this uh, contrary to internet opinion, although uh, Damon has another name for it. Yeah, NPR, man. I call it the joy of hate. Yeah, that's the difference. But, but, but you know, they really are both saying the same sort of thing. Um, there's a lot. And see, for me, it's not just hate. There's, I think even there's a lot of things that people love on the internet that uh, don't seem to be loved as well uh, off the internet. But in general, this is where we're kind of going to look at topics, look at ideas, look at things that, that people say and, uh, and do and kind of present a, a counter viewpoint, um, a viewpoint that, that I think doesn't get expressed a lot. And if you've been listening to the show for a long time, you know that that's kind of something Damon and I uh, really, uh, really kind of stand behind is the whole point of geek fights is really presenting different opinions. And, uh, since we started the show, I certainly have realized that, uh, every possible opinion under the sun, uh, gets represented on our show, which really even samples a very small base of a few hundred people. And, uh, and still yet it, we find no matter how much something is hated by geeks or by, you know, people in general, we always find one guy that loves it. And no matter how much something is beloved, uh, there's always somebody who, who hates it. So uh, there's really a much wider range of opinion than I think gets, gets displayed on the internet. And uh, in this show, uh, if we do this more than once, we're going to uh, just sort of look at those things. Uh, today we're going to talk about DC Comics because I think DC Comics... Uh, has become kind of a of an online whipping boy in the last couple of years, and uh, a lot of people are saying a lot of things about them. Some things which are, n are actually just flat out not true, and uh, and we're going to kind of give our take on it. Uh, and you know, joining me here is, is Damon, who has already spoken up, and uh, and also uh, we've got Jason Thompson, who uh, hey. uh, I've noticed uh, it, on some of the the Facebook groups where we are both members. Uh, you defending things that DC has done, things that uh, they have produced. Uh, you're one of the few people I see who actually 
seems to express positive opinions towards DC's new 52. Yeah. Um, which, if you were to look at the internet, uh, everybody universally hates. And right. yet, sales for DC Comics are higher now, on the whole, than prior to the new 52. So, what does that say? But anyway, uh, actually, Jason, uh, why, don't, why don't you start? Are there any kind of pet issues, pet peeves, oh, and things that you, you would just like to address right off the top? You know, uh, I do try to, I do try to stay positive. Uh, I, you know, when I was in my late teens, early twenties, I collected and I read a lot of comics, and uh, you know, I kind of sounded like some of these people. Like, you know, I was the typical, I, you know, I was a stereotypical uh you know fanboy uh saying things you know and i realized i didn't like the way i sounded i didn't like it so i i jumped i jumped well first i jumped out of dc uh i think that was right around time of nightfall i think i jumped out of i jumped out of dc then i jumped most of the way out of out of image and stuff i i'd been down to gen 13 and uh spider-man for a while and i I was just all the way out and uh i started my way back in through like things like graphic novels and i like green lantern rebirth and stuff like that storylines reading you know completely out of order completely you know just what i could get my hands on at the uh, barnes and noble and then i was listening to an episode of zod complex where you guys were talking about uh the relaunch because it was a it, it was either just announced or it was just on the way. And you guys were talking about how they were going to basically go back to scratch and try to give everyone a chance to jump back in. Well, you know, and I, I decided to jump back in and I jumped back in with maybe 10 titles, I think. And I, I would say I've read over half of the new 52 stuff since the launch. It, it leased single issues uh, a lot. I've been getting a lot of the trades of stuff I'm not reading on monthly. Like, uh, I just finished, uh, Swamp Thing volume one and I just finished, uh, uh, Deathstroke number one the other day. And I, I've read a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff I wouldn't normally, normally didn't read. And I just, in, I decided I'd read stuff I enjoyed. If I didn't enjoy it, I'd drop it. I wouldn't let give myself the opportunity to get down into that, that mindset again and uh you know frankly i've just had a blast reading books and you know some books i've dropped some books i've dropped and picked back up but for the most part i've got the same core 10 or 12 books plus some so that's pretty much been my journey at least as a reader and i think uh you know that that's it's interesting and um you know it's weird the zod complex is kind of a, a good example of uh, I mean, there was a situation where certainly uh, I think I was probably the least DC centric uh, on on that particular uh, podcast. Um, and there was a lot of praise being heaped on on DC in the years prior to the new 52. Uh, and it seems like that's really kind of the, the point where it, where it changes, where the a lot of, I guess you could say, traditional geeks or traditional DC fans uh, of that time just they seem to act like they were somehow betrayed by dc trying to 
uh, capture an audience. And you're, you're a perfect example, I think, of what they were trying to do. Um, create an accessible entry point with some media hype and, and make it a very different feel to it. And a, it's, it is very literally a, a new DC universe. Right. Well, you know, and just the fact, I mean, let's go back two years. Uh, I would walk into a comic book shop or I'd see Comixology. That, and, well, Nick, Comixology wasn't even a good example because they weren't doing day and date yet, which is the other thing I really liked that uh, the day and date stuff, if we uh, go back to that at some point. But, uh, you know, you sit there and you know, you know, even as an experienced reader who's been out for a while, you know that you can just jump back in. But there's a part of you that sees Action Comics 920, 9 whatever it was at. And you go, mm, I'm not sure I want to jump into a 900 buck, you know. And then you'd see, you know, uh, Batman and Robin 17, 18. You know, it, and it's, you know it's stuff written by people you like. You know it's stuff drawn by people you like. But and even as an experienced reader, you know that they're going to do their best to make sure you can jump in at any issue. You know, Marvel Marvel says they do it, but DC does it too. You know, everyone does their best to make sure you can jump in. Some places aren't as great as others, but any issue can be someone's first issue. But there's still that intimidation factor, and you don't. And you, you know, a lot of people are taught bad lessons. If they've got a bad shop or a couple, you know, neckbeards roaming around the shop when you go to ask, well, what's been going on in this book? And, you know, it, I can understand a new reader of just flat off out the street, just walking away because it sometimes it's a pain in the ass to jump back into a book. And, but, you know, when you're given nothing but number ones, nothing but, you know, people who are, just getting started off or whatever you can you can go okay well i can jump into this and i and i don't have to ask questions at least until you know i'm a little bit more confident in my opinions and such because you know being in a comic book shop sometimes you gotta walk in with your elbow sharp you know because you're gonna have to throw a couple metaphorically and you know i think it's also kind of kind of important uh that it's it's not just um one book it's everything. It was, uh, they've been, I mean, reboots are, are nothing new. I mean, the right. DC Comics, the Silver Age is, is, you know, kind of like the first sort of reboot. I mean, they, they've been going on forever. And that's a, a sort of full-on reboot is kind of DC's thing. Marvel, I, 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 I would like to see Marvel give it a shot, but I think Marvel, you know, they just do the kind of rolling reboot that uh, that doesn't restart everything. That that that's just kind of been the way that they've approached continuity. Whereas DC, certainly the Silver Age is not as clean a break, but it certainly is just a, a new new launch. And then uh, the post crisis, and then we get a lot of little reboots in between there, and, and even you know individual reboots like Superman technically got an in continuity reboot uh, to bring the birthright continuity uh, actually into the storyline. Right, um, and. Uh, and so, and then you know, I think Infinite Crisis is kind of like them sort of copying to it that that's that's how this how this organism that is the DC universe uh, evolves. It hits a certain point, it sheds, you know, its shell basically, 
um, and, uh, and and becomes a new life form. And, and this was the cleanest of all of them. And I think that was really kind of the shock. And it's weird because I think there was some goodwill at, you know, when the announcement first came out. But it seems like as soon as even like costume redesigns, all of a sudden, you know, this doesn't become about the possibilities of of reinventing and it becomes well no there's too many lines and no superman needs red pants and and you know yeah all, all of these kind of things that that really are kind to me are kind of minor to other people they are a, a big deal i have no problem sacrificing uh stuff like that to get something new that uh i might like more or maybe someone else would like, and it's not necessarily for me. Oh, um, you know, right. it, it's funny because what I think DC, Marvel, and Image are all trying to do right now, it, they're all trying to shake off the stigma of comic books being for eight to ten year old kids. Because because right. that that's what when when you still say it to somebody who's my father's age, comic books, that's what they immediately think. Uh, in Japanese culture, they have manga, and it. it Runs the gamut from things for really little kids all the way up to really adult fucked up shit. And when you say you're going to read a manga, nobody goes, that's for kids. They go, oh, that's just another form of entertainment that people are able to enjoy. And uh, the relaunch of DC is brilliant. Even though I'm currently not reading any comics, I, I understand it to be, you know, this is new stuff for new people to come in and enjoy this thing. That I like. I still like comic book culture. And the fact that they're bringing in new people, younger people, old people who haven't been reading in a very long time is a very, very, very good thing for the culture that I enjoy to immerse myself in. And I, I get uh, slightly annoyed when people get upset by it. Can, can I ask a, a quick question? Sure. To both of you, really, because you guys were to some extent or another, uh, you know, some level or another, you guys were both in when this was announced and you were guys were both in com you know, comic book culture where I feel like I was kind of outside. I was dipping my toes back in, but I've, I felt for the most part, I was, I was outside, uh, in the run up, Mike, you talked about how it seemed like they turned on it at some point. Do you think that's maybe because they thought, ah, well, you know, DC's announcing a relaunch. Yeah. Yeah. Day and date digital. Okay. Okay. They're not going to pull a trigger on it. And then that that Jim Lee image of the the new founding seven of the JL came out, right? And everyone kind of said, "Holy shit, they're going to pull the trigger on this," you know. And then immediately jumped into their first reaction, and that that's something like I think it it showed. I I saw it, but I see it a lot in internet in general. Is that there's this cycle where you have it's so easy to get your first reaction out there be it you know twitter facebook tumblr you know podcasts you know message boards whatever it's so easy to get your first reaction out there and get caught because if you if you have your first reaction oh well this sucks you know my first my initial reaction is whatever and then you stop and, and maybe you you know, you vented a little while, you got off line and you sat there and you think about it. You go, actually, you know, it's not such a bad idea. If you were to come on that same message board the next day going, well, you know, I was thinking about it. You know, oh, well, you know, you're just, a, you know, uh, uh, you know, a hypocrite. And people are 
you know, it, people can't stand to be called hypocrites. And I think sometimes that's kind of what's going on here. You're stuck with your gut reaction because you put it out online. Well, the other the other part, the 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 larger chunk, the biggest part of the problem is nostalgia. Right. It, it, it's people thinking that for some reason it changing now is going to affect how you thought about it when you were ten, and right. and it and it doesn't. And I think nostalgia is one of the things that hurts comic book culture more than any, than it helps it. Oddly enough. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's uh, but you know what's really funny to me, and this is this is strange because it is this kind of um much like every you know most things in in the world we live in just this this basic cycle of this happening and things get everybody i you know right it's all these guys that are complaining about basically they lost their pre flashpoint universe and that was you know that was the way especially that kind of era from um, identity crisis up through infinite crisis becomes a kind of new golden age uh, of, of DC. Uh, and then it turns and it, it really becomes something very, very radically different than something that's not. And, but, and it, at the same time, you know, I'll say it becomes radically different on the other hand, when I really look at it and just kind of ignore some of the, the dressing and the details, it's real, really, a lot of it is pretty much just the same. I mean, I, I I'm reading a, a, a justice league now and it, it's not registering to me as oh yeah well this is this is different from you know that justice league or that justice league it's like this this is the justice league now that's what it is now which is different from the the satellite era and different from the um the Boahaha and different from Grant Morrison right. i mean each one of those are completely fucking different books with different right. looks and different styles but the other ones just had this linkage of continuity that no longer exists but that that just sort of, to me that just opens up well that means there's more things in the future that can now link to this because they don't have to pay attention to those details but they still set it up so that yeah well there was a sinestro core board we want to we still want to play with that the parts of continuity that that really stick uh will come back as they always have guarantee you you know in 10 years, Jonathan and Martha Kent are going to be fucking alive again because whoever's in charge of things is going to go, you know, I really liked it better then. Because well, that's that's the way that this, this thing kind of keeps happening. And I, I still remember all those guys after Crisis who was like, ah, oh, I'm not going to write, read a DC comic again until uh, the Justice Society is back on Earth 2 where it belongs. Right. And uh, well, oh, he almost I mean, got his wish now. Here, here we are 27 months later. And after, you know, several, what can only be described as temper tantrums from around the internet, you know, declaring the end of DC as we know it, because Wally West and Donna Troy were missing. Well, here, here they come. No, here, uh, here comes Stephanie Brown. And believe me, I'm rolling my eyes at that one. But, uh, you know, here comes, you know, Damien, Damien Wayne's dead. But, you know, I have no doubt by the end of next year, he's going to be back. Uh, you know, Carrie Kelly, yeah, everything... it, it, Carrie, it, it, people come in. I, what I'm, what this looks like to me as someone who's not, you know, really versed in the uh, post identity crisis DC. I know the big events because I, I've read most of Jeff Johns Green Lantern and I've read the big event books and I, I, you know, I'm finishing up Morrison's Batman run. So I know, I know the bigs, but what this looks like to me is I see a lot of silver age stuff. I see a lot of uh, the initial post-crisis stuff. 
I see a lot of what was going on in, in the months before Flashpoint. I'm seeing a couple of things that in, in weird ways go all the way back to Golden Age. Yeah, this is just a hybrid, which I'm guessing was the way it was two and a half years ago. That, that it was a hybrid of continuity and things that people liked and things were pulling from everywhere. What's the problem? Well, it, you know, it's it's that idea. I, this is at least what I guess. This is the idea that this stuff no longer counts. And and I actually, I mean, I do, I do get it because there are things that I will, I miss. There are stuff I loved from that. That that was my era of of the DC universe. I mean, the the post crisis is really where I became a fan of DC comics. Uh, for for a long, long time, I I preferred DC stuff to to Marvel. Really, up until uh, the the early two thousands or late nineties, um, after kind of everything fell apart. Uh, but uh, it, so, so that that was kind of that's that is very literally well, I guess I was already kind of an adult, but that's the DC universe I grew up with. And Wally West was my Flash and my favorite. Green Lantern is still Kyle Rayner, but and and some of that is there, some of that is not, and I'm I miss not seeing old Kyle stories. But you know what? I wasn't going to see old Kyle stories anyway because they these things never stay. It, it, it's almost like this. People that, that once they kind of find the one they like, it has to sort of remain that version forever, instead of turning into something else. And it was something else before it was your favorite. So unless you're like, you know, it's like, it, it's weird. It's this creation versus evolution. Do care are characters meant to evolve or do they reach this? Are they created in this perfect state that has to remain that to be true to the character? It's it's a weird parallel. And, and I like the idea of these characters evolving. I think the ones that evolve are the ones that survive. And the ones that don't, that are kind of too tied to something a a style of of storytelling or uh, a kind of story that people just don't find interesting or in, enough people don't find interesting to make it financially viable i i'm blown away by the number of of weird obscure things they tried um along the way the fucking green team right you know you want to talk weird experiments the omac book there's a lot of stuff that were critical darlings that people you know, incredible reviews all over the internet, but they just didn't sell very well, and, right? Uh, and they get canceled, and they get replaced with another book with Batman because that's what people yeah. buy. Um, well, so it's you know, it's it, is it not just there in the number? Is it, but it is kind of like DC saying, all right, well, there's a certain segment of our readership that we are just not going to take care of anymore. Well, actually, I, I, they are taking care of them. Yeah, Omac got canceled. And yeah, another Batman book took its place, but sometimes they'll they will still try new weird things that pop up, and people will like it, and they'll be internet darlings again. And they keep they keep trying, and eventually one of those things uh, will will actually stick. You know what I mean? It'll yeah. it'll it, it'll catch on. And the fact that they're willing to go, hey, let's give this thing seven ten issues, like that that alone. Should should get people to go. Wow, DC, way to go! Way nope. to give these things a shot. But no, no, you cancel that thing. I like. I hate you now forever. Yeah. I mean, Justice Justice League Dark alone. I mean that that book. I, I first of all, I'm I'm surprised it exists, despite the characters that they've grouped them in it. And 
I'm surprised it's still there. What I'm most surprised about it is it's good. It's really good. It, it and it they're letting them, you know, if if you're successful, they're letting you do essentially what you want. I mean, there's a couple points where you know editorial is tripping people up. The the whole Gail Simone incident. Uh, I don't. I still don't know what happened there. Other other than like the high level, she was fired by an editor. Uh, everyone you know, got angry and she was brought back. But, you know, uh, but all over the place, you're seeing creative people are being allowed. If you're succeeding, you, you get more and more freedom. Uh, I mean, you, you think if Jeff Johns had his way that, uh, Brian as a would have, uh, been able to, uh, Say no, I, I'm I'm not going to do the Superman, Wonder Woman stuff. And do you think? I mean, the guys writing action comics are writing it. Uh, Superman has four different romantic leads in like five different books. Uh, he's got Lana Lang in action comics. Superman Unchained. He's got Lois, uh, Justice League, and uh, Superman, Wonder Woman. Don't know why I uh, forgot that one. It is Wonder Woman, and then you know he's got. I think the most recent issue is Superman, also. Yeah, um, she's yeah. In uh, so yeah, <laughs> but really, for the most part, in that book, it's been Cat Grant. I mean, so you've got yeah, you've got all this interesting stuff going on, and, and I just find it typical that you know DC can't get any credit. Yeah, and, and then uh, we could go over to Green Lantern. You know, everyone, it just like nine months ago. Prior to prior to them announcing that Johns was wrapping everything up, all I could hear is, oh, "Can we just?" It just constantly gets bigger and bigger. I, I really like would like some small Green Lantern stories. I'd really like it to not all four books to be connected. I'd really like this and that. that Jeff Johns ended his run. The other guys walked out with him, and now it's it's a smaller story. They aren't as connected. Uh, they're doing interesting stuff. They're being space cops again. And guess what? Well, it's not big enough. <laughs> well, I think part of the problem that we we run into is we think of the Internet as one voice of one person. And what it is is it's the guys that were complaining about they wanted to hear those stories, with read those stories with smaller stuff going on uh, were the ones complaining. But now it's switched to that. The guys who were enjoying the big stuff going on are going, right. hey, I now want that stuff that, wait, why are you going small? I loved all this big shit. So right. uh, we, we run into that problem of thinking of the internet as all one guy, one voice, and it's not. It's a wide at variety. Same, at the same time with the Green Lantern stuff, uh, that in some cases was actually the exact same people. Uh, that, that was going on in the blog of the blog of oil group that oh yeah mike oh, and i are yeah. both on <laughs> okay. it, it, to a certain extent it is the exact same people it They've is. just turned a 180 <laughs> but there's there's a lot and there's a lot of people who just seem to have a hard-on for disagreeing with every creative choice dc makes mm -hmm. um movies or tv or whatever um, you you know I want to talk about movies. Yeah, talk the, talk about movies. That's that's been the biggest thing. I mean, shit. Since last, first of all, everybody hated on Man of Steel, and then Affleck first, and right? Now and now, the beginning, and then Wonder Woman, and, and now like, they who, get a, what, who can a they piss off now. 
a statuous woman from the Middle East. <laughs> like, yeah. oh my God, she's yeah. five nine. You put her in heels, she's gonna be six something, and and you're complaining. Yeah, she's not well, big enough. Like, oh, good God, she's not gonna be. She's too skinny. Like, are are you, are you out of your minds? There's there's a lot of people that's code. If we all know it's code. If we all know, and we all know what it's code for. She's too skinny. It's code for her boobs aren't big enough. It, it, she's not. She doesn't have a Christina Hendricks size bust, so she's somehow invalid as Wonder Woman. Yeah, it could be that, or it's not Linda Carter. It's all it yeah. is. It, she yeah. doesn't look like the the Wonder Woman I grew up looking at when I was a kid. Yeah, that's, that's always like, going to be part of it. It's like, oh come on, I, I, and, and well, I'm just and amazed. Also, there's there's always the like every it. So often you'll hear, oh, it should have been that Gina Carano was it like the she was a WWE fighter or something. Yeah, and there's always these kind of pet character lists of this this character should be played by this actor and certain like Eliza Henry Cavill Dushko. is never on it, and Christian Bale is never on it, and Ben Affleck is never on it. So the people Brian you know Ryan Reynolds the people who they cast are never these people off list. It's never going to be Nathan Fillion. Just right. Keep done with it. Uh, yeah, you'd think you'd think that Nathan Fillion should just be cast in every role the way what, some but, talk. What, and, what, and I like Castle and all. Uh, and I liked him on Two Guys, a Girl, in a Pizza Place. I did not like Firefly. I I'm unrepentant in my not liking Firefly. But Nathan Fillion would not make a good so many of these characters. He wouldn't have made a good Batman. Goddamn it. And you know you know what's funny too is the the people who are making these decisions are actually looking at the internet and seeing it and going, hey, why don't we give it a try? Let's yeah. give it a go. Let's look at this person's body of work. Let's see if this person could do it. And they go, no. Yeah. And it, go ahead. One thing that's really interesting about the Man of Steel casting in general is for the most part, I've heard certainly prior to the movie coming out um the the casting choices were were largely viewed as very very positive yeah um i think even through any criticisms of the movie that still is something that people you know for the most part agree upon you know there's no no i don't i don't think that anybody gives a bad performance in the movie there are some very good performances in the movie even by you know smaller characters um, so the casting, everybody pretty much w was fine with, but that's where so much of the criticism is coming in now, starting with Affleck I going on <clears throat> this. And then every rumor about what Brian Cranston, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, now Denzel well, Washington. Yeah. Denzel Luther. Washington's either Lex Luthor or John Stewart. And, and that's the other thing, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what his actual name is. But uh, he goes by the handle El Maibe or something like that. He's a reporter. He's uh, the guy on uh, the Latino press or something like the Latin, the L.A. press. He's the guy who broke the Heath Ledger, was cast as a Joker story. He's the guy he broke Tom Hardy as Bane. He broke Anne Hathaway as, as Catwoman. He's been like every fifth tweet from him the last three days is like, guys, there's no one in those offices to make any of these casts, much less leak these rumors. Y'all just need to sit down and, and be quiet. It's going to be two or three weeks before you hear anything. But yet, you yeah, know, they, we got 
Denzel Washington is either John Stewart or, uh, you know, uh, Lex Luthor, which I, I could be for. I could be for well, is, Denzel. Is Nightwing still in the picture by that dude uh, from that show? Yeah, I don't know. No, no, I think he's gone. Like it, the only the only time I've every rumor that's popped up, with the exception of Wonder Woman, someone who was supposedly reading for or casting for it said, uh, "I I didn't and this I didn't read for it." And yeah, you could get the J.J. Abrams thing, but for the most part, it I I don't think I don't think Nightwing's in this movie. I don't think. Uh, Aquaman or or any, name a character that people have said are in this movie. Martian Manhunter. I don't think they're in this movie. I don't I th- think the cast is as big as as people think it is. Well, and and the thing is, like, what what's her name may have been cast as Wonder Woman, and she might appear in a what do you call it? Like like in a news article that you see on the like. And and I think the the other thing that all this hate that's coming out about these casting decisions and love for these other ones, I think it's just the people who who hated Man of Steel, right? And and they are just hey, I, well I've run out of steam of hating Man of Steel because it's already out on Blu-ray now. So if I'm still complaining about Man of Steel, there's something wrong with me. But guess what? But As a community, how they continue to make bad choices. Yeah, right. exactly. That's that's all it is. It's it's just yeah. a way to continue on this hate and this fervor which for something that nobody's seen yet i don't think is there even a script like films they filmed some b-roll stuff for what is apparently gonna be a football game and right now the the script is in some sort of retouch slash rewrite thing which i'm assuming because of who who is involved in that that's affleck going hey there's gonna be a batman movie down the line i want my you know, bullpen of writers already familiar with what's going on. Yeah. So yeah. Let, let's bring that guy in, let him do the final retouch on the script. And that way he and I have some place to go off of when we do whatever. I even, you know, I, I love the idea that the movie ends with dark side and the next movie is just, that's where the justice league is. I mean, got my God, if they went that big. Yeah. Getting, get dark side out before Thanos. That could be big. Yeah. I, 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 it's been long enough. And I, I, I know this is completely off topic, but Infinity Stones. Yeah. I've been <laughs> wanting to say, to say that for so long. That That is really cool. That's my favorite moment in Thor Dark World. It's like, wait a minute. I was waiting the whole movie for those two words. What? <laughs> the Stones? fucking collector? Yeah. Anyway. Five, five to go. Okay. we. Th- th- that's where this is going. Right. <laughs> Like okay, and to see DC go go to dark side that quickly would be pretty fucking impressive. I mean, we're, well, I, you know, and storytelling, and you got you got Jeff Johns it, at some level or another. Jeff Johns is involved because he's what it, what whatever they, his title is, chief creative officer, chief mugwump warlord, or whatever his title is. It, it basically says Jeff Johns at, at some level is going to be involved in any of these projects. Who? Who and how did Jeff Johns introduce as the first actual threat to the DC universe in the relaunch? Darkseid. How did he do it? He brought the Justice League together real fucking quick. I mean, in story time, in Jeff Johns' time, it was six months. But in story time, that's a two and a half hour story that he told of the world's biggest heroes coming together, right. kicking the shit out of Darkseid. Yeah. 
that sounds like something you can and do honestly, in two and a half hours. And that that's a weird thing because even the post-crisis reboot um, still makes it uh, Martian Manhunter and um, Aquaman and Wonder Woman and Green Lantern and Flash against Starro. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the scale of, of what brought together the Justice League in terms of threat are actually pretty equal. I mean, Starro is an alien conqueror, but in terms of like uh, gravitas as a villain... Uh, Darkseid sure beats the hell out of that. I mean, that actually, that's that's the new mythology that I think they're forging across movies, comics, television. I mean, Darkseid was like the big bad that created Superman. And the Justice League kind of came together on, on uh, uh, Smallville in, in much the same way. I mean, that's that's kind of how this, this goes down. That's the way this story's being told. And it's, I think, kind of interesting, and, and you have to think poss- very possibly not uh, unintentional that that's, that's the result of this sort of unified DC entertainment, that they're, they're really just sort of like building a more consistent, and it, it's all darker, you know, DC yeah. long had the view, had the, the reputation of being like the happy, you know, the DC universe was a happier universe than the Marvel universe. Um, yeah. And there is a, a lot of people for whom, if that's not the case, that's not what they want to read. And, and they're not reading this. And there's strangely other areas out there with that stuff. I mean, there's always books that people, you know, like Batman 66 or yep. uh, The Adventures of Superman, The Legends of the Dark Knight, all these weird places where this still kind of pre-Flashpoint or uh, continuity ambiguous versions of these characters still exist. And every single thing you ever read when you were, were young is being reprinted. Seriously. Yeah. Everything. They're, they're, and, and if it's you know not what? there, it's online. The the one thing everyone started talking about in the lead up to Avengers, or, you know, when it came to Marvel, was that Marvel is pre- presenting a united front because you were going to have uh, the cartoons featuring S.H.I.E.L.D. and Avengers Universe stuff. You were going to have uh, the movies presented basically united front it for a while there it looked like even amazing spider-man was gonna be kind of part of the same universe uh marvel was presenting a united front and now here you're over at dc and you got jeff johns presenting dark side bringing the justice league together in smallville he brings the justice league together using dark side in in the comics you've got jeff lemire who was apparently helping to develop the first season of Arrow. And as soon as Green Arrow starts taking taking off because of Arrow, even a little bit, who do they put over on a Green Arrow? They put Jeff Lemire on. And it that book now feels very similar to what's going on in Arrow. They're they're taking it in different like different choices in different directions. But you've got you've got the you got Diggle, you've got Shadow. Uh, I imagine it's a, a matter of time until Deathstroke shows up in the Green Arrow comic. It feels very much like what's going on in Arrow. So uh, it's a matter of time until they probably... Well, Ferrara is in Superman comics. Uh, DC is starting pr- to present that united front that people were praising Marvel for. <laughs> and again, they're getting shit on for it. Yeah, and it's... 
it's it, it, I think there's a lot of it is I think be, because it is a very calculated constructed thing they're doing a lot of people react negatively to that because there there is a, a different view that you don't sort of build something big like that you let it organically create and, and I think that happens uh, to some degree in the the kind of post-crisis reboot but uh still i mean obviously there was a lot of a lot of editorial uh dictating because a, a few books kind of came through unscathed but some many books were completely rebooted uh much like what happened this time i mean both both times batman and green lantern seemed to dodge the complete reset bullet that uh superman uh superman seems to get every time wonder woman actually didn't get a clean reboot did no. she? I mean, they're, they're... I don't. I don't. I. I don't really know. I do know that, like, I've been going back to read. Uh, like, I've got Straczynski's Wonder Woman on my desk right now. Uh, I was about to read that, but I was thumbing through it, and it looks like, like, there's pieces that I could probably see in Azarella's book, but Azarella's Wonder Woman is is almost an animal on its own. I. I almost think. Wonder Woman would fit better over in the dark section, you know, like with stuff like Constantine and Swamp Thing and and put her in in the Justice League dark. And I think she could thrive as a character. And I was almost kind of wondering if that was how Trinity War was going to shake out a few months ago that, you know, when it was all said and done, Wonder Woman would be in charge. Wonder Woman would lead the Justice League dark. Superman would lead the Justice League and Batman would lead what had been the Justice League of America, but I could only assume would be retitled something like Outsiders. But yeah, that that'd be pretty cool, actually. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and you like could you could bring you could bring them together for the really big stuff, because those three, you know, they're still the Trinity, even though they're sooner or later they're going to end up being a love triangle because they've, you know, done the Superman Wonder Woman stuff. Uh, because. There's no way Wonder Woman can love Superman more than Batman does. Well, it's more it's more along the lines of it, I see it's kind of the reason I balk at any of the three of them dating. Like I, I don't think I'd be having the same issues if uh Bruce and Diana were dating or Bruce and Clark were dating, in that sooner or later someone's gonna say, you know, the other person would be jealous. Oh no, can we not go there? <laughs> Please, you know, it, 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 that's the way I look at but it. There's but, also yeah. like in terms of, of where a lot of the stories seem to be pointing are that the the Superman Wonder Woman union uh, turns out to be a very bad thing. Yeah. And, you like know, so uh, the whole so, booster gold reaction to the kiss. And, and, there, and there's been just there's they're bringing of, out of things, bad where they, things. They just kind of drop that in as far as, you know, stuff you know, people from the future and things like that. I mean, there's, yeah. there's lots of hints that a big storyline is coming where basically they have to get broken up or, right. or they're going to trigger the end of whatever. Um, well, so, and so that, that's even kind of getting addressed in that. I mean, the impossibility of it is, is sort of shaking out. And that's, right. that's what I think is kind of interesting in this, w- what you can do with a reboot is to start, kind of reimagining how these relationships work. And I think most of the time you wind up getting to where they were before, but now mm-hmm. it becomes a new journey to get there. Yeah. That's that's for some people they don't want a new journey. They want the same the old journey to continue. 
and and it's un, it's unfortunate that you really can't have both ways. I mean, I, I I I don't know how that could work other than I guess, like I said before, all of it is still out there and the small pockets of it that that go on. But I think for the most part, you know, seriously, if the old Lobo was really so fucking awesome beyond just like Simon Bisley did a great job. I don't think anybody, any other Lobo yeah. really worked for me. Yeah. Um, and uh, if that Lobo was so awesome, then, you know, this new Twilight or whatever Lobo that uh, they've got now will go away. Uh. And if not, because I don't think the other one was particularly great either, they'll probably just try something new and keep yeah. trying something until finally people go, okay, that one worked. And I, I think you made a good example with Green Arrow there. I mean, it's, it totally started off, that was one of the first books to uh, to get like a big creative, you know, switch up. Yeah, that was J.T. Krull to Innocenti. Well, between right. that, it was... Uh, oh, that's Giffen, right. Someone else was. Giffen, yeah. and, Giffen and Jurgens for a while, then Nocenti, then Lemire. And I mean, that, that book... And each one had a different kind of take, so it it right. it, it took a while for them to find the uh, the story that was going to click or the approach that was going to click with that character. And I think that's one of the things they've been doing a lot. Um, I'm, you know, there's there's a lot of complaint over the uh, the sort of shuffling on Superman, um, but it's it, it really wasn't quite clicking right and so they have right. to sort of tweak it until it does and one of the things that i think that seriously no one has given dc any any credit for and it sounds like it's 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 just sort of a, a cop-out or something but it, i think it really is immensely impressive is they pretty much have shipped almost everything on time for 28 months straight Right. I think the only major delay was a couple of issues of Justice League, and that was because uh, Johns was working on something. I, I'm assuming it was Arrow because it was right around the time of the lead up to that show. And then last month, or uh, yeah, last month, uh, Superman Unchained uh, got delayed a full month because Jim Lee had a baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah, perfectly, completely understandable. There wasn't the random. Oh, this is just delayed. Well, but one of the, one of the things though that I think is interesting, and these are all books where, and like, uh, there's there were delays with um, Batman Inc. There were delays with Action. All right. of these are the big. Basically, they are the big, the big guns, the big names. You know, these are guys that are selling guaranteed. Their names are selling hundred thousand copies plus. Right. Maybe two. You put two of them together. Yeah, you're going to get a quarter of a million copies with incentives and all that. But so they can't just bounce them off the book. Right. You can't say, Jim, yeah, and we know you got a baby, but, you know, you should have stockpiled a few pages for that. Or or we're just going to swap you out. You know, who's who's available to do, you know, six pages? Because a lot there's a, right. lots of complaints that DC books have multiple artists or that the art teams keep switching. Or, and again, or they keep changing, you know certainly changing out writers having right writers quit the books because they don't want to do things that the editors wanted to do um, right but sometimes at people leaving books because they're getting bigger books i mean a, a lot right. was made over um god i can't remember his, the, the name of the Buccioletto, or Buccioletto and, uh, and uh 
Manipal, there was a big stink when they left the Flash, but it turned out oh, like yeah. two days later they were moving over they're the going, detective. They're going to the big leagues. Yeah, and, and, well, and the same thing and, happened with with Vendetti. I mean, he was supposed to write uh, Constantine, I think, and then right. he leaves the book. All of a sudden, now somebody else is writing the book, and it's like, oh, editorial meddling. It's like, well, no, actually, he he got Green Lantern. <laughs> you know, yeah. he got a big gun. And yeah. uh, a big book with a lot of, of preparation. And, and that seemed to be happening a lot. A lot of people who were leaving, Tony Daniel, you know, he's he leaves Detective and everyone thinks, oh, that's because he sucked. But the book was selling really well. He got that because right. he moved on to action. And yeah. he left action into Superman <clears throat> Wonder Woman, which was a huge book. Yeah. Uh, and th- th- these guys what? are getting... Guys who a few years ago were small, you know, not necessarily real big guns, are, are really kind of commanding these these creator-driven books at DC. Well, you know, Ma- Manipal and Buccioletto are, are another example. You know, uh, what, three years ago, uh, Buccioletto was colors only, the way I understand it. And then Manipal yeah. was like the guy Jeff Johns called on when Yvonne Reese and, uh, and Van Skyver weren't available. You know, he was... He was Jeff John's third tier guy. And now now here they are. They they wrote twenty five issues of an amazing book. And now they're they're going to arguably DC's second most high pro- profile title. It, at least their second biggest legacy title. And especially it's gonna be real important this year because it's the seventy fifth anniversary of Detective Number One. So they they're gonna get a lot of attention. And and it's not even like Buccioletto's still on Flash, at least for another four issues, but I think he's staying on just to write now, the way I understood it. it... Well, and there's also there's a strange fantasy about, you know, how a lot of people, again, sort of forget that certainly when books were more consistently on time, that this kind of thing, it just happens a lot. That's People move on to other books sometimes because there's disagreements with editors. I mean, every creator has a laundry list of those. Peter David, John Byrne, you know, their entire career is built on, no, I don't want to do it that way. I'm leaving. And uh, and that's that's what a lot of these people are doing. Um, but there's also plenty of people who are like, well, I don't know. It sounds good to me. I'll do it. And and a lot of them are doing really, really great stuff. One of the complaints about the New 52 early on was it was this big reboot, but they kept a lot of the same writers and a lot of the same people uh, who were working on the books beforehand, primarily because those were the people they were working with. There was a lot of you know reshuffling, and certainly some people came in new and, and got much bigger books. But you've seen guys like Jeff Lemire and Matt Kent. Um, you know, these were like indie darlings. Yeah, you know, they, they did kind of like guys like Bendis and Brubaker. You know, over at Marvel, I mean, they really just sort of reached reached out to these guys. Scott Snyder, you know. He was he, he all of a sudden he came he comes out of nowhere with American Vampire, and then on to Detective, and now he's you know he's running the Batman three, show. Yeah, he's he's the head of he's the head of Batman, and I think it's a matter of time until either I don't know if is Unchained ending soon. I oh, someone told me it's ending after nine or something like that. Uh, they I don't think they. There's lots of stories about some say that I've heard that it's going to continue. It just might take a break. Yeah. Maybe it'll well, be one of those things where it's another creative team until I, the book fades away. I wouldn't be surprised if Unchained is as ending at nine. If they moved Snyder over to Superman. Because, uh, uh, you know, 
Scott Lobdell's got a lot of stuff he's writing right now. I think he's got three or four books. I don't. He's writing Superman, and he was writing action, and he's writing Teen Titans. You know, yeah, he's it, got a lot. Yeah, and he's another one of those guys. A lot of people really seem to hate, but I. I yeah. Think <laughs> I I like Scott Lobdell. I I I, I like I I'm still reading Red Hood and Outlaws, but I I. I bought it on a chance uh and i i i've liked the book i thought it was this crazy you know i and, and it was one of the few uh just we're just gonna go ahead and be crazy uh and you know we're gonna tell a story but it you know it's gonna be a little bit crazy and you know things are gonna be a little bit different and we're gonna have some fun with it and i i that's what i like about it and you know that's another one of the big complaints no, nothing's Nothing's quote unquote fun, but you know you're you're ignoring books like Red Hood and the Outlaws. Nothing's fun. Well, there's fun books to be found. Uh, you're just either you're shitting on them because you don't like Scott Lobdell. You're shitting on them because you don't like Kenneth Rapport. You're shitting on them because I don't know because someone uh, <laughs> some artist yeah someone's someone drew you know. Oh my God! A comic book artist drew a girl with big breasts. Oh my God! Oh my God! Shocking. Even Amanda Connor, Amanda Connor's most famous character, and she's held up as this. You know, everyone, everyone loves Amanda Connor. Who's her most famous character right now? Uh, that would that would be Power Girl. How many "My Eyes Are Up Here" jokes did came out of that Power Girl run? You know, yet uh, when Lobdell and and Rockfort put it in Red Hood. Number one, oh well, dude, this is horrible. DC sexist, you know, burn it all down. Yeah, that would. I mean, certainly the a lot of the uh, the issues, the the sexism issues. Um, you know, I, maybe it is. I I am insensitive this to this because I am a male. If that is the case, uh, I'm sorry, but I really didn't. I didn't see it. I mean, I I didn't read. I started reading Red Hood and the Outlaws. I didn't stick with it. Um, not because of that. Uh, I don't, I really don't, I guess I'm not sensitive to the, the sexifying. I always thought Starfire was kind of like that the whole time. She wasn't like that yeah. in the cartoon. Yeah. But the well, cartoon she was, was sort of, you know, a more kids. purified version of, of what they put in. And, 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 you know, maybe it would have been interesting for them to, uh, that would be an interest in instance where, you know, some of the continuity that you pull from is animated, but I just clearly that's not the audience that they were chasing. And and I think that that, again, it comes down to this. Ultimately, they're going to publish no matter what. I mean, as weird as it is in this sort of situation, this is like democracy in action. They, they, if the books they put out, people aren't, don't like them. They don't buy them and they don't right. make any money. So they inevitably, will do that and it's unfortunate that sometimes that means the stuff that you like and that, that i like you know isn't there anymore and there's usually other stuff to to find and well, the old that, stuff's still there too that righteous indignation at at, at sexism uh, you can't convince me otherwise the internet chased judd winnick and uh I can't remember the artist's name. Uh, not only off of Catwoman, they damn near chased. I think they've chased Winnick all the way out of DC. I don't think he's even at DC yeah. now. 
after that whole uh, Catwoman escaping her apartment, you know, while still putting on her outfit and and having sex with with Bruce. Oh, my God. Catwoman had sex with Batman. Shocking. I am shocked. My my favorite part about that was uh, there was never you very the actual sexist part about that was there was very little conversation about it being out of character for Batman to have sex with Catwoman. Yeah. It's like, wait, no, that's sexist too, because that's out of character for Batman. The the, the male side was, was not reflected in the outrage. I yeah. really, I was talking about this the other night. I really do. I, I the, the, these are some of the worst guys the the, and, and I don't mind women who, who are upset by it because that, 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 that actually personally touches you. And if you're upset by it, that's your thing. I'm upset by different things, fine. But the guys who white knight that kind of shit, fuck you. Because yeah. mo- the vast majority of them are doing it just so they can get in your pants. And that is a hundred times worse than me going, I don't really find that that offensive. That's my personal belief. And it, it, it really bugs the shit out of me. And, and sexism in comic books, it's like, really? It's been there the whole time. It, yeah. On both sides of the... It's not like Batman wears baggy pants and a sweatshirt. That motherfucker is wearing skin-tight outfit, and he's got body, there are body image issues on the male side too. And the fact that it's not talked about means it's bullshit all around. Period. And, yeah, you you're, you've got something on there, and I, you know, and people will argue, oh well, women don't like this big muscle-bound dude. Uh, uh, read through a comic. That's not what they're drawing anymore. You know what they're drawing? They're drawing. Henry Cavill, Christian Bale, uh, Robert Pattinson for some of the younger characters. They're drawing the the guys that girls drool over. I'm I'm sorry. That's what's going on right now. It's cheesecake for everybody right now in comics. And it might shift back more in the more uh, Liefeld directions at some point down the line. I don't know. But for now, it this is it's cheesecake for everybody. Yeah, I mean that's they're they're I throughout all of, all of the criticism for me does keep coming back to a couple of things that I, I think just really aren't entirely fair. And when they announced this reboot, you know, everybody had their kind of idea. Basically, it, it just sort of invited everyone to speculate. You know, what would be this perfect, ideal, iconic? you know, reimagining. And for some people it was, you know, I'm, I'm sure some people for them, it, it still is, you know, the DC animated universe. That's what, that's what it should have been like. That's what, it should, that's the DC universe that they want. Um, and all of it, I, this goes back. I was, I was one of the Facebook uh, groups I was in uh, is dedicated to basically is dedicated to old comics. And I just see through there all these people making these complaints about comics in 1988, 1986, which many people kind of look back fondly as sort of this this sort of modern dawn of of, of the new comics era with Watchmen and all this. And these these old guys who absolutely hate that stuff. And and it's like, wow, it's every generation does seem to just have this kind of nope, I don't want it to change. I want it to be the way that I like it, and that's the only one that's acceptable. And uh and you know, we and we know people. We know people who've left comics because they didn't like, uh, you know, what what was going on in the books. 
Um, and it, it kind of always happens. And it's the, it's really just a matter of if it's not selling to people, if people aren't enjoying it. And I'm one of the people who's enjoying it. That's the thing is I, I kind of get pissed off when I hear this sort of broad accusation of longtime fans don't like this stuff. And I, I, this happens with a lot of things. And it's like, I've, I've been reading DC comics for a long fucking time too. I grew up on the same stuff and I like this. So please stop making it seem like it's this. Nope. That was, that was the way it, it's just kind of unacceptable for it to change. And, and people like me or people who, who know that stuff and love that stuff don't want to see it change. But that's, that's not true. There's a lot of people who know that stuff and love that stuff and who don't really talk about it on the internet. And I always wonder if it, is it a matter of people who really, really are enjoying the comics are spending their time enjoying comics, not talking about them on the internet. It's the I, I can't, who, I kind of think so. Comics that are, I mean, maybe it is, I don't know. I, cause I, I talk to people at the shop and or when I go and pick up my comics and I talk to people on, on Twitter and Facebook who are young, I'm, well, I'm happy with my books. What do I have to say other than I'm happy? They're not, you know, uh, hard headed, uh, you know, serial contrarian like me who, you know, sometimes just, I get a bug up my butt and I have to go on a message board and I find someone who's bitching and I, I, I you know, take them to task for it. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of people out there and there have to be, and I can prove it. Aquaman outsold all of Marvel not that long ago. Uh, apparently, last month, uh, the top or the top three books in November are going to end up being DC. The way I understood it, right? Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but okay, I, I know that there have been a lot. I mean, they're, they're selling very well, just generally speaking. Yeah. Uh, so it, the books are selling. That's for sure. I mean, it, uh, for Christ's sake, Aquaman outsold every Marvel book. That you know, and that's with books double shipping, so they can double up their numbers, and and you know all the all the fun Marvel tricks that Marvel likes to get up to to make it look like, you know, they're selling way more in DC when really they're basically selling the same amount as DC. They're just putting out books more rapidly. Oh well, yeah, but, I mean, uh, there's, they're, they're, there's, they both definitely have these uh, pretty serious. Um, uh, product strategies that, that are right. getting a lot of books out there variant books and you know I've, and there's speculation that the the, the so-called health of the market uh these days is is not healthy because it is based on things like that the certainly they got a lot of flack for that 3d villains month yeah um and and that's really it's really unfortunate and certainly there in terms of a, a production and manufacturing and distribution on every level there, they fucked up. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately I thought on a creative level, they were all the ones that I got and I actually picked up quite a few were really quite good. Yeah. And it's unfortunate I, that that's the, you know, that the, the, the business fuck up just like, you know, back when, when civil war was coming out, that's always scarred by the delays. And now of course getting your books out on time, but shuffling creative teams to do it is, is a bad thing. Right. So, you know, just just running that like, you know, I, I had mentioned that before running that 52 approximately. I don't know. Are they still on 52 books? I think right now it's 60, but it's going to drop down back so to 52. That's a that's a pretty significant uh, production accomplishment. And yeah. uh, and let me tell you, you know, this is funny because I, I actually at Anchor Bay work on quite a few lenticulars uh, and 
and you know when I, when you saw all of it going down, and I think anybody who actually works in in with with printing was kind of like, oh well, yeah, they somebody there definitely should have told somebody else. No, no, this takes a lot longer yeah. to print. You don't have that uh, kind of time. We need numbers sep- now. Yeah, the September September's going to end up being a stunt month it, until they, you know, somewhere down the line move on to whatever follows the this new 52 thing so you know next year it's going to be the five year later or the five years later thing somewhere down the line the year after that who knows but you know they're going to celebrate the relaunch by pulling you know zero issue villains month you know that type of stuff there and you know that's cool because the zero issues that gave me a chance to jump into jump into books that i wasn't reading jump out of books that I was done reading and, and, you know, even experiment a little, I got, you know, I think I got three or four zero issues last year of books that, you know, I wasn't reading and and a couple of them I stuck to like, uh, I had jumped, I jumped out of Batwoman in the second arc, but I jumped back in after the zero issue. I actually picked up all of the, um, Batman zero issues. Right. Because they were all, well, except for Batgirl, but they, they were each one, it was each one of, was a Different Robin pieces. origin. Yeah. So there was a Dick Grayson, I don't Dick Grayson was in one of them, Jason yep. Todd, um, what's the other one? Shit, Tim Drake. Yep. Um, all and... the uh, different zeros fo- focused on the different Robins of sorts, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. And there was a, the Phantom Stranger. Uh, they launched his series with a zero, didn't they? I thought that first issue was pretty good. I, I, I didn't actually go beyond on that one and that's the unfortunate that's why i kind of like the villain month thing because it's not i i pretty much have a fixed amount of comics that i get so i don't really bring too much on without taking other stuff off or at least i try not to these days because i'm just way behind on on all of my reading yeah so going into these one month spikes like annuals and specials and one shots that have characters that i might be interested in i really like doing that and i really liked like i said I i thought a lot of the Ah, those one-shot villain issues were really, really good stuff. And, yeah, uh, uh, the Cyborg Superman issue. Oh my god, yeah. that that was such a cool story. Like I, or it, I, at the risk of spoiling it, I mean, Cyborg Superman ended up being Kara's father, and that's how he he got his body back by killing Kara. That was that was just crazy. Was, and it, there's some, I mean, that's one of the things. Also, is there have been some pretty fucking ballsy reimaginings in in this new DC universe. And I'm sure there will continue to be, but there's a good example of, wow. I mean, you want to completely transform from, I mean, the, the old story was, he was basically just a Reed Richards knockoff. Right. That became, uh, kind of attached to the rocket ship or something like that. And then, and that kind of eventually becomes the cyborg Superman. Um, I mean, it's kind of a, a weird and certainly a very continuity deep origin, but this just goes right to one story. It's like, no, that's Supergirl's father. It, it, uh, it, this is a much less complicated DC universe. And with that, we should probably end. Yeah. I, it, it's funny. I think uh, the old adage, which I learned as a child, probably should be applied to internet culture, which is if you don't have it, something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah. No, because we, we just or, spent 
or the whole thing about never write a letter angry or something like that or if you've written an angry letter don't send it until the next morning right (laughs) you know or or there should be a one day thing like okay i'm gonna write this big angry thing you can't post (laughs) this for a day and and also i think we have to kind of remember that again this is this is there is a, a very specific viewpoint in a group of people who who uh, th- this is a point. This this is actually something I wanted a point I wanted to make when I first even came up with an idea for doing this. Remember back on the movie Trekkies, Kate Mulgrew talked about the difference between a Trekkie and a Trekker. Do you remember right. that part? I don't remember. And it, it was a Trekkie is someone who um, is just kind of sitting back and watching and enjoying the show. Um, that that's what they really. That's what they're all about. They're just kind of hanging back, going along for the ride. A trekker is someone who is more active, who is along, is on the journey with them. And that kind of defines two different sorts of fans. And I wonder just kind of if that isn't, that doesn't kind of apply even, even more broadly, is that there are there are people who want their entertainment to be what they want it to be mm-hmm. they want to be an active participant in what they get whereas other people just kind of want to see what other people have to give them you know so it's less about this is the superman i want or i think is correct and i have that superman in my brain but I don't expect Grant Morrison to show me that Superman, and I don't expect Jeff Johns to show me that Superman, and I don't expect Alan Moore or Greg Pak or Scott Lodell or Charles Soule or anybody to show me that Superman. I expect them to show me their Superman. And maybe some of theirs are like mine. Probably not. My Superman's kind of weird. Maybe I'll tell you about him someday. But, uh, you know, that that that's the kind of fan that I think I prefer to be is just... And maybe that's lazy. Maybe I'm. Maybe it's because I'm a pothead. I don't want to participate. No. Just feed me. Feed me entertainment. No, yeah. it, it's not but, laziness. That that it's entertainment. But I'm and, also and, more just seriously, just more curious about seeing what other creative people, um, people typically far more creative than me, can come up with. Well, you know, and you know, if if tomorrow, uh, Dan DiDio and Jim Lee. And Jeff Jeff Johns announced, "All right, we've uh, we've hijacked a bunch of NASA scientists, and they've figured out a way that the second you open the book, it's going to send a beam directly into your brain and put the story you want to see on that page." Well, the surprise is gone. the The challenge is gone. Yeah, there's 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 something to be said for being surprised, like. You know what the best part about that? that? When a writer surprises you, and, and that's that's what I like. That that's why I sit down and say, "Well, show me what you got, and let let's see what you did." My my favorite part about that, uh, it, they make a, a super beam that beams the story into the head, your head, the exact way you want it. Right. A, and guess what? There would still be <laughs> complaints that yeah. they got it wrong. <laughs> um. <laughs> So uh, with that, <laughs> we should end the show right yep. there. So good night, everybody. Thanks for hearing us out. Oh, uh, happy new year! Happy new happy year! Happy new year, guys! And we keep the feed alive one more time. <laughs>
One more time. I'm dead serious, though. That's exactly what would happen. Oh, it would get oh absolutely. I, I had no doubt about it. They did it wrong. What do you oh, mean yeah. they did it wrong? It, 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 you did it wrong. It, you know, it actually, it exactly you, in your head. you see that a lot when people actually do get exactly what they want, and then they go, that uh, sucks. It's like, that's uh, what you wanted. Uh, well, it's like, uh, but it, it, I play a lot of video games. Uh, the Gears of War series came to an end like a year ago maybe two years ago and it was this really dark really this world had wrecked itself and all this stuff and it's just like i was expecting one of those endings where they were just going to pick off the characters you've grown to love one after another and, and you would le- be left with nobody at the end and what they give you is a happy ending like like and everyone gets to you know live and fight another day and fall in love and all this great stuff and they're like Wow, I didn't see that coming. And for like five or five or ten minutes, while the credits were rolling, I was pretty mad. I was like, I was, I was expected to be all depressed. How dare you give me a happy ending? And I realized, wow, I didn't see that coming. That's that's pretty impressive. So, I can I can understand the rage. I I just I don't post shit when I'm pissed off, and that's really what it's got to come down to. Well, it's even easier. Just don't post shit. <laughs> yeah, that too. So, you, yeah, know, I uh, you know, what, what I was, I was, I, I thought of something uh, kind of as an example, and it actually made me realize something that I hadn't realized before. But it, it kind of goes back to the Man of Steel joke, basically, that after Superman returns, people said Superman didn't hit anything. Yeah. And that was really the side, not enough action, Superman didn't hit anything. So, next movie, Superman hits things, a lot of things, over and over and again. That's exactly what people were asking for. They just didn't say, oh, but by the way, we don't want them to kill. And yeah. we want, we still do need the red tights. And uh, Lois can't know who he is. You know, that they didn't complain about those things. I guess that, that you know, they had to be more specific in their criticism. Yeah. But they gave you Superman hitting a lot of shit. But one thing that I realized, one of the complaints actually was, was, was I guess sort of dead on is, is they did complain that they didn't want another fucking land scheme in a yeah. Superman movie. Yeah. But that's what's happening in Man of Steel. Cause they're oh my basically, God, it is. They're, yeah. They're taking it's just the whole not Lex and making it into Krypton. Yeah. That, that's their Son land. That's not, it's another fucking land scheme. They're grabbing the land, <laughs> literally. They don't want to kill everybody. 
They're, they're terraforming. You're just going to die because we're terraforming. Yeah. So, yeah, Man of Steel is another fucking land scheme. <laughs> pretty awesome. <laughs> That's just impressive. I've watched that movie maybe a dozen times and just never realized that was what was going on. I didn't realize it until right now. <laughs> You know what's funny? Uh, Somewhere on, on that new Krypton, there would be a little town called Otisburg. <laughs> I keep uh, every now and again I'll see because the, the there there's still a few comic book people in my feed, and they'll every now and again they'll complain about, oh my my roommate is watching the horrible Man of Steel. I have to leave because it's the worst movie ever, and it's like really. Not that I mean I mean the movie's over, dude. Like, it, you didn't like it. Oh well. The worst I, movie ever. I, it, did you I, see Ishtar? Did you see? Like I'm trying. Like I did not like the first Hobbit movie in the right. theater. So and then you know after what Josh told me, Josh told me exactly what I was worried about, which was that it wasn't going to end for the second one. So I'm like ah, I didn't see it. I don't know. Is it still in theaters? I don't yeah. know. Like I, I, I didn't see it, and probably not going to see it in the theater. So I'll see it when it comes on Blu-ray or DVD or whatever. But I'll, I'll watch it at some point. But I'm not, I, I'm not going to rail against it on the internet. Like it just wasn't for me. And it's and good. I, yeah, the, it, it, apparently it's got a cliffhanger like a motherfucker. Is yeah. that what I'm hearing, yeah. Mike? Yeah. Like oh, yeah. it, I mean, comes to an abrupt halt. Yeah, I know. I know what yeah. it is. It's just one of those. I, I think. The oh, I, I didn't like the original Lord of the Rings theatrical cut. Uh, I like the uh, I still don't like the theatrical. I like the extended. And and if Two Towers had ended in the same fashion, I wouldn't have liked. I, I would have not been on board for uh, Return of the King. But Two Towers had the benefit of having that battle at Helm's Deep, so it gives you an ending, even though the story didn't end. Oh, that's what that's what happens here. I know, but not really. I mean, that's that's. I mean, I think it's a good uh, breaking point. Uh, because it is, uh, it is, it is a cliffhanger. It is, you know, basically now this is where shit hits the fan. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious with because they're doing extended cuts of these. Yeah. If it's one of those things, like I, I vastly enjoyed the Lord of the Rings trilogy more when I watched it both as a marathon. And then before the first Hobbit came out, I watched the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy spaced out because there were two discs, you know, the extended yeah. cuts, a disc a day for six, basically six days. It was a little more than it was. It was about eight to ten, eight or ten days that we did the whole thing. Right. But it's a I, very, I, very compressed time frame. And it is it is a trans. It's a great experience. The pacing is very different. And yeah. I think on this, you're going to get that, too, that this is like. We're, Peter Jackson kind of gets that the thing that pops up in the theater is not the thing that lives in perpetuity. Yeah, it's it, that, he's, it's that he's Blu-ray. good about that. He's he's good about. Uh, I'm going to give you a ton of stuff when you when you finally take this movie home. So, I, I, yeah, I I've when I've watched I I couldn't I like. Return of the King is a perfect example. I, all I could think about the last 45 minutes in the theaters is, I gotta go to the bathroom. Uh, and, and you don't, you don't want to get up and leave because you don't want to be that guy, and you don't want to, you know, you don't want to miss something. But you know, it's kind of like the book. On the few occasions I've sat down to read books like The Lord of the Rings, where they're just 
these huge epic things, it, it's a lot better. It's just as good if you can, you know, okay, I need to stop. I need to go get a sandwich or, or you know, just, just stop for a while. It, it just, it just getting shoved at you for two and a half hours. Isn't exactly the way you want to enjoy a story like that. Yeah. It's a much better at your pace for and, six uh, hours. And on that, uh, I got to go cause I have to pee. All right. So, uh, I I gotta go have dinner too. So I, uh, thanks will... for having me, guys. Oh, thanks for doing this. this is Wait great. for having you. This is you. You two are gonna talk more than I. I'm not gonna be on this show. Oh, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna, I, I do want to do something talking about uh, Lucas. That's the other topic. The only other topic. Just kind of like, okay. hey, uh, know, this it, is all the good stuff he did that you people stop complaining about. So, yeah. and I, I like our new title for the show, by the way, Mike. What? Which is the combination of the both. Yeah, of yeah the all right. Two. That's fine. I kind of I kind of like that. Yeah, it's uh, wait. Let me see. It's not the joy of hate. What what is it? Internet contrary contrary to internet, internet opinion. opinion. The joy of hate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's it. See that? There we go. Alrighty. And uh, so yeah, I, I will post this uh, tomorrow. Yep. All right. Thanks, guys. Later, guys. Bye. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Happy New Year. bitches. <laughs>